This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So, Justin. Yeah. Man, uh, I, uh, I got to tell you, I've been around the block once and twice and a few more times. And along the way, I've met some really cool, amazing people. How about you? Yeah, I've met a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, it went fantastic. Um, yeah. Even some of them like stuck around longer than a day even. It's pretty incredible. You know, uh, some people cross your paths and then the other people like kind of they, they, they leave an impact. And our, our, our next, what are you laughing at? Again, this is like the worst. We're, sorry, folks. This is the worst opening of any podcast ever. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Marketing Giving Geeks. Okay, so welcome to the Marketing Geeks, everybody. And with that, we're going to take a uh, quick break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So uh, this is story time, everybody, because uh, here's what happened. Once upon a time, uh, Justin uh, and I met. And do you recount that? You want to recount that story, how we met? Because maybe our listeners don't know. Sure. Yeah, we uh, we met in a in a. I was the student. You were the teacher. I was younger than you, and uh, that's all. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And now, <laughs> you know, I got to tell you though, I got the higher ground. So that's all there is. That's no, we all did. There is we did. To- we met in a in a score workshop. You were teaching. Yeah. You were teaching at Score, which is um, it, it's a. It used to be an acronym that was Service Corps of Retired Executives, which because it's a subsidized government program for entrepreneur education and it teaches skills and gives mentorship from people that have been around the block like an andros that claims to have been around the block um but yeah you you were teaching i don't remember what workshop i think it was google adwords or something like that so i was uh, i was in attendance and uh after afterwards i went up and i shook your hand and then uh you know we hit it off and started hanging out yeah. And it was, uh, and then, and then somewhere along the line, we decided to do this crazy thing, but, uh, but that, that was good times. And if, and for those listeners who don't know about score, uh, you gotta, you gotta at least check it out because it's, it's free. It's a good service. And sometimes you find really good mentors who can help you with your business. Cause, uh, and you sometimes know, they, you they, find Andros <laughs> so once in a while you found an Andros <laughs> or you find our next guest. And, uh, I, uh, this, this, uh, our next guest, uh, I've, I consider her a friend and, uh, I, I've also learned a lot from her and, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Misty Barnes. <laughs> that, are those four hands clapping? I- <laughs> I'm clapping my feet. Don't worry. Post-production, we'll make it sound like an entire audience of people. (laughs) Or not. I I really like being introduced as one who's with the group that's been around the block. That's a great, great intro for me. Thank you. Well, you were a kid at the time. You were like you. I was meant to... Yeah, you were just like fresh out of high school and they put this old guy. Uh, Misty came to one of my classes. What class was that that you came to? I think it was the Facebook ads class. Oh, okay. It was one of the uh, digital marketing classes. And, uh, you know, of course, Andros is so likable. 
Um, and then he introduced me to Justin, who's equally likable. And then the, the, uh, the game was on, um, just, I learned so much and most of it I'd like to forget, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Bad humor abounds today, but, um, no, I, I learned so much. I, I really, I think it's important to take advantage of those opportunities, especially when they're less expensive and you don't have to hire someone full time. So score has been a great resource for me personally as a business owner. Yeah. And, and I, one of the reasons that I really wanted to have you on the show is because, uh, you, you made, when I met you, you were going through a giant career change and, uh, you have really started the process of owning what you do. Uh, you know, you and I, uh, had a few like sit downs together and mm-hmm. I gave you some completely great advice, I think, or maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, we, mm-hmm. maybe you could tell me how that worked out. Uh, maybe not some, not so, not so great advice. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but one of the things that I find really fascinating about, you know, you, you really came in right when Facebook was kind of taking off and people were taking advantage of it. You started your business and now everything is changing. I, I'm curious about your story, how you ended up here and how you handle the changing landscape. Uh, because there's a lot of people who are not, you know, who, who are, who are only a few steps away from being ultimately successful. And I put you in that category, but, uh, but you're still, you're still doing it every day. And so, uh, why don't you give us a, a little bit of background about how you ended up doing what you're doing? And Misty, and some background on your, on you and your business as well. Um, because uh-huh. with that intro, we talked about the friendship and I want to hear more. I want the listeners to know exactly what it is you do and all that information too. Sure. So I am uh, the owner. My name is Misty Barnes and I'm the owner of Ideal Beauty Skin Clinic. And so I began my career. This this is my second career, but uh, currently I have patent pending a treatment for hair loss restoration. And the product is called the product line and the protocol is called Celestrious. And so I've been through the whole process of learning about patents and trademarks. I've um, basically what I've done is developed a technique that combines medical microneedling with plant derived growth factors. And in my, you know, learning, I've discovered that, um, there's a lot of people diagnosed with hair loss, but we really don't know why. And the medical community tends to just you know, slap a drug on it or give a patent answer to what the problem is. But there's actually a lot of it that is is environmentally related and stress related and hormonal related. So I've kind of been digging into some solutions and I've, I've treated over the last few years, about 150 people, and I've had a pretty high success rate in the 90 percentile. And these are clients that have had transplants and not succeeded in, in a lot of different you know, hair loss treatments, they've failed. So I believe we're on the cusp of discovering something pretty amazing. And uh, about a year ago, I hired a biochemist with a background in hair science to help me develop this technology. And it now I'm moving from business to consumer where I was treating just clients to business to business where I'm training med spas and doctors in the technique. Real quick, quick, quick question mm-hmm. here. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I might know a guy, but, um, do you, do you treat, uh, is this, is this focused Good. on females? Is this, uh, is this for females and men? Um, yeah. like if, if somebody were to suffer from hair loss and I think I, I've, I've known, you know, um, there's people in my, in my community that have had this problem. Um, mm-hmm. non <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just tell me a little bit about that. And then, um, yeah. and then let's talk about like the transition from uh, consumer to business to business. So great. Sure. So I, I without, um, I, I have to kind of tell you my, uh, Genesis and, and kind of, uh, I guess the way I got to it. So it will make more sense to you. Okay. I, um, I did have a big career change. I was in entertainment and marketing and I was, uh, you know, successful as, as we are, you know, if you tend to be a little type a, you know, no success is enough. But what happened was during the crash in 2009, I sort of fell apart and lost everything financially. And then, you know, I was of the age of 40, which in Los Angeles and entertainment is sort of like just bury you alive if you're, especially if you're female. So I decided that I needed to start my own business and I wasn't quite sure how to do it. So I spent a few years doing some consulting for other people. This was before digital. I mean, digital was big, but I worked more on the biz dev side, helping people develop websites and things like that. So it wasn't the Facebook, it wasn't the social media influencers, you know, what we've got going on today. It's the gen, it's changed so, so much, but 
the long and short of it was I saw an opportunity in the beauty arena, but uh, wasn't really sure how to put myself into it. So I went back to school. I mean, I have a degree in marketing, but I went back to school to get an aesthetics license and found quickly that that wasn't really going to challenge me enough. So I kept working and I, I ended up training with a woman who was really, um, essential to what's called now microneedling. She helped develop that technique. She was working with uh, burn victims at the Grossman Burn Center. So she trained me in what's called medical microneedling. And then I started treating clients on my own. I worked for a surgeon for a little bit of time, and then I went off on my own. Um, and while I was treating clients that had acne scars and post-surgical scarring, I started thinking, you know, maybe I had something that might work for hair because you know, my gut in instinct said, listen, if we're triggering what's called the wound growth response with needles for the skin and it heals them, why can't this work for the, the scalp? Um, but I had no background. I had no medical training. This was just a gut instinct. Um, so I called my mentor, the woman that had trained me and said, hey, what do you think about this for hair? And she said, absolutely not. It won't work. So that's always my calling card. When someone says no, it's usually, okay, so now I've got <laughs> to be able to do this. That's an opportunity. So, <laughs> this right. is an opportunity. Or some would say just <laughs> insanity. But I said, well, let, let me give this a shot. Um, and uh, so I started focusing on hair. And it, the long and short of it is I was um, asked to open up, help open up a med spa. and we were using what are known as bones, uh, bone marrow stem cells. And uh, I, I ended up not opening that salon or that spa, but working on my own. And I developed a relationship with the lab and they grandfathered me. And even though I didn't have a medical degree, they were really impressed with the work that I was doing. I did that for about two years and attended a couple of medical conferences where I was asked to speak as um, the only non-medical professional, which was quite an honor. And I was terrified, of course, but these were really wonderful regenerative and functional medicine doctors that were looking for other ways to, you know, treat things. And most of these doctors were dealing with stem cells, you know, adipose stem cells, umbilical cord stem cells, and bone marrow stem cells. So this is not just to clarify, not aborted babies. Um, this was really high level, you, working with growth factors and exosomes, really high level science. So anyway, um, I worked with this lab for a while and then I decided that, that there was probably a better way than using stem cells. Um, and, and again, not knowing that I was onto something, I hired a, a biochemist and said, will you work with me? Can I, you know, will you just teach me everything you know? And he said, of course, you don't have enough money for my brain. And I said, okay, well, how about a hundred dollars an hour? <laughs> he said, that's about one eightieth of what I earn. And I said, come on. So I sort of pestered him a little bit. And eventually he said, listen, I'll work with you because I've never met anybody who actually wants to solve the problem of hair loss. And that's sort of the issue. Most people want to make a buck. And while I, I do, I genuinely want to help people get hair. So <laughs> So you made, me, you made me think when you said that, I mean, it's so true because you think of like the pharmaceutical industries and there's so much more money in a perpetual treatment drug mm. than in solving an actual problem. So there's like you're, you're disincentivized from solving hair loss uh, because then your clients are you're done. You have yes. a, you know, you give them the cure, then your relationship yes. is over. But if you can if you can just give them a little bit of hope, just a little bit of hope, then you have them hooked for life. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like if you're a medical uh, pharmaceutical company, you sell a highly addictive drug and then sell the uh, the Narcan that goes with it. Yes, brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. brilliant. Yeah, that is the model. And uh, so, as, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not my model. That's the oh, pharmaceutical good, good. model. No, no, that's not my model. But as you can imagine, this is this is a mountain. You know, I don't think I had any clue when I was developing this that that was really how things worked. I, I sincerely thought, wow, if I want to solve this, there must be other people that want to solve this too. And so I went when I, um, you know, I heard this gentleman and he said, I, you actually want to solve a problem and I believe in you and I want to want to help you. So I, well, I did pay him and he helped me develop this, this serum. You know, I went to my lab and I learned all about things like how a lab operates and learned about things like the FDA. And overall, you know, my experience has been that doctors have a lot of people they see in a day, you know, they see 50, 60 clients, patients a day. They don't have time to dig deep. And my thinking is that 
we have to dig deeper because it's a big, it's my calling card is sort of let hair thrive. That's the brand Celestrious let hair thrive. But what I say is that hair loss is a symptom. It is not the diagnosis or the problem. There's something else going on beneath it, but in our culture, we don't want to dig deeper and find out what the real problem is. So a lot of people are told, oh, male pattern baldness, female pattern baldness. And that's sort of a long answer to your question. This is not just for men. It also works for women. So if we can figure out what the underlying cause is and then treat it, then, then we, you know, then it, it can work. So what, what I believe is that we're on this edge of discovering that the hair follicle is much like the brain cell and the nerve cells. We used to think once they were damaged, they were irreparable. But now we know about neuroplasticity and we know that we can regenerate certain nerves. And I believe the same thing with the hair, that it's not dead. The follicles are not dead, but they just need to be, they're dormant and they need to be regenerated. You'd be surprised how many medical doctors are still telling patients that their hair follicles are dead and that it's hopeless. So half of my day is literally being almost like a shrink, you know, and talking people and telling them that there is hope. You know, I don't sell them, you know, this is going to happen. I say, look, it's not going to work for everyone, but I'm not going to take your money. If you're not responding after a few treatments, I will, I will cut you loose and, you know, tell you. Well, that, I mean, this is it's the thing that's so amazing about this is like how you kind of started off with this one way, because I I think that's one of the things that you and I uh, bonded over was that we both worked in the entertainment industry yeah. and realized it was yeah. a, like a complete cesspool. And, uh, you know, and I have to talk about how everybody in 1999, everybody knew about Harvey Weinstein, like everybody mm. knew about Harvey Weinstein. Uh, yeah. And, and so what 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 was it? That made you decide to uh, uh, go this route rather than, I mean, out of anything that you could have done, like what kind of pulled you into this direction to begin with? It's so funny. I was listening to Dan Locke and then a couple, I listen, I listen to your podcast regularly. I really do. You, I, I know you're one of our solid <laughs> listeners. I that's, am. And, and I that's pay what I forgot you. To tell, I know, <laughs> that's, that's what I forgot to tell everybody at the beginning yes. of the show is that, yes. that we actually have for real. This, you're one of our seven <laughs> listeners. My See, wife is. Yeah, my wife is the other one. So there's five more out there. <laughs> I love it. We're growing. We're growing. Well, you know, I, when I listen to other people and they say it sort of happened, you know, I, I think that, that it is that, but it's also this, there's creative people, in my opinion, have this insatiable curiosity and this insatiable need to know more. I also call it, I'm being pretty, I'm pretty nosy. So I have to know what's going on at all times. And, you know, it's that, you know, I don't know if it's fear of losing out or what it is, but, you know, I had had success as a writer. I'd sold screenplays and, you know, gone to cocktail parties and been able to talk about the screenplays I'd sold where the producer died or they went bankrupt. I mean, there's every story. In fact, the film that I did make that I, that I uh, sold to Showtime, my investor went to uh, Terminal Island for securities fraud. So no one is more versed at how much of a cesspool it is, but as a writer, you know, I'm always creating. And, and, and even in the last couple of years, I actually, I've written two other books that are not related to health. They're related more to mental health. But, uh, so I decided to leave, not because I had this big defining moment. It was just more or less over the course of time. I saw that one in particular, my case, females were not, we're still at a point, honestly, and I can go on a soapbox, but I won't, but how, there's like three roles for women in Hollywood. And so as a writer, it was very discouraging. And I think I just finally said, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. And um, I've got to find a way to actually really carve out a future for myself. And that does not usually include working for other people. So it was really that bottom, bottom, you know, in, in terms of story, uh, you know, the main character hit her bottom and my bottom was just kind of being sort of losing all the opportunities consulting and, yeah. you know, cause I was always writing on the side, but the consulting job started drying out and Andres, you, you know, we talked about that as well. So I said, I've, I've got to do something that I have where I have some kind of control over my future. And like I said, it started out as, um, aesthetics. Um, but it, but it quickly turned into me being who I am wanting to know more and why, and why can't we try this? And it just didn't stop. And, and it never does. I don't think it ever will. That's, 
I'm intellectually, you know, obsessive. I have to find something. I'm not saying I'm smart. I'm just saying I'm like to learn. I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to just kind of ask. Um, so you've obviously kind of sold us on the the science behind the, the hair restoration. You sold us yeah. on the process. Uh, you, you're very qualified at what you do. And, and when you say us, uh, do you got a mouse in your pocket, like a bald mouse in your pocket that you're referring to a little bald mouse? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause obviously I want to help that little mouse get his hair back, you know, I yeah. want to help the little mouse. Of course. Um, but what I, what I really want to know is uh, I want to know what it was like. So when you actually entered into this business, like tell me about like finding your first client, tell me about, how you Ooh. got like mm-hmm. how you put out the marketing efforts behind this um because when you have such complicated you know you have a, a complicated science there's a lot to it. It, it part of marketing is kind of simplifying that down to like the benefits and the the clear kind of base mm-hmm. the baseline of what it's what your products mm-hmm. are really doing but I, I wanted to just hear a little bit about your journey mm-hmm. like finding early clients in the beginning and what that was like mm-hmm. <laughs> so so this 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 uh journey <clears throat> is not glamorous and it's it usually isn't. A lot of rejection. <laughs> I <laughs> no what happened was I opened my doors and everybody just came in and they were like oh my god you're amazing can I please sign up that's exactly what happened it was filled of dreams filled of dreams filled of hair actually <laughs> um no it it's been four years I started I started on my own in 2015 so it's just now my fourth year when I discovered that I could do something with hair or I thought I had an idea, I offered treatments for free. And one of my first clients was my sweetheart, Rick, and he's actually kept his hair for the time that we've been together. And really at that time, I, I thought that I wanted people to just come in, see the tre- get the treatments, like seven, eight treatments, and then walk away and be done. Not realizing that, you know hair, like all things in our body is, is a little bit like working out. You, you don't go to the, you know, you don't go to your trainer six times and then say, okay, um, I'm done. See you later. I've got this amazing body. It does require maintenance. And I can actually tell you on a science level why that's true, but I I won't get into too much detail, but it has to do with, you know, just the fact that our bodies are not static. And so neither is hair. And it, there's, there's a cascade of things that happen with our health. Um, and we do need to stay on top of it. However, what I wanted to do was create something that wasn't going to rip people off, you know, where they'd feel like, listen, I got value for what I spent, but, but it really came from a genuine desire to understand and, and help and, uh, figure this problem out. And, you know, being as naive as I am, of course, you know, nobody's been able to solve it, but let me give a shot, you know, (laughs) give it a shot. Like, and it wasn't an arrogance. It was just genuinely, how do, how do we get there? How, how Mm -hmm. can we solve this problem? So what I did was literally, I made some brochures that I think I printed on Vistaprint. I walked into salons, knocked on the door and said, hi, I'm Misty. And I've got a hair treatment. And they said, great. (laughs) Do you have an appointment? (laughs) And I said, no. Okay. Would you like to learn more? Uh, No, thanks. Okay. So then I'd go into med spas and do the same. And hi, my name is Missy. I've got a hair hair loss treatment. And it'd be like, uh, yeah, nobody, (laughs) nobody was interested. So I, and then I, you know, I'd go out and kind of sit in my car and cry a little bit. That's the honest truth is it was very difficult. And there were days when I just thought, I can't do what, what have I done to myself? I had, a, I had somewhat success in my other careers. Why can't I make this happen? But, um, you know, it, it, it just kept it. I gave free treatments. I went into, I've been to almost every doctor in my area. I live in the thousand Oaks Westlake village area. And there's probably not a doctor that hasn't seen me come in and say, hi, can I talk to you about my hair loss treatments? And, you know, generally what I learned is that doctors know a lot and they like to stick with what they know. So, I I quickly determined that doctors weren't going to be my market. So what happened is I tried to work with salon professionals, hair, you know, cosmetologists, hairstylists. I I offered them $200 for any person they sent to me, which if you, in the long run, when I charge 400, by the time I pay them and I pay for my costs of goods, it didn't turn out to be super profitable, but I was trying to just build my brand and get people to know me. Well, if they, if they stick around for a long period of time, eventually it becomes profitable, right? Yeah. In the beginning, the cost, the cost of, the cost of acquisition was high. uh, But once they stay, if they stay in treatment, which I would 
usually get them to do and, and, and explain to them how, how long it would take. You know, I was making a, a really nice profit. And and I just want to point out, though, that this is like this is one of those things. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the questions that I get, you know, uh, online is how do I get started? And this is it. I mean, you just really mm-hmm. got to, uh, you know, put your feet on the ground. I mean, it was it, it's it's the same thing as, as the the current client that I have right now. If I if that didn't happen, I would have gone right to the local town and I would have just been like, hey. I do this, you know, I, I mean, uh, it's also one of these things where once you have your own business, it, it changes the conversation with yourself mm-hmm. because as you said at the top of the conversation, I'm not a person who is going to work for somebody else. I'm the same way. I've been in that position where I'm like on the whims of how the boss is. And, uh, you know, when you do this, it's hard work, but man, it's, it's freedom. So, and, let, and let's take a top. second to like, uh, to celebrate kind of what you were able to do there because so many people will start a business, but they won't take those steps of doing the cold calling. I mean, you're going, you're going cold like mm-hmm. in person. I'll call it cold calling, but in person, cold calling, mm-hmm. um, where you are going into doctor's offices, you were going into salons, you were putting yourself out there for massive rejection. Um, I mean, the potential of it, and you had to experience <laughs> that, mm-hmm. uh, but like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, most people, most people that aren't entrepreneurs get one or two no's and that's it. They get discouraged. They walk away. Mm-hmm. They've had enough. So for you to be able to kind of withstand that and continue forward says a lot about your character and about, you know, the chances of the business ultimately achieving success because because it's true that most businesses fail within the first uh, year to five years and it, it's just that one little thing and so so what what did you what did you think about while you were doing that process and and there were those moments that you would get discouraged how mm. did you what was the conversation like in your head and how did you overcome that obstacle yeah that's a great question it you know i have to tell you that being beat up in Hollywood and in, <laughs> in <helps>. marketing, <laughs> it really gives you that kind of foundation, either that or you're going to kill yourself. So I don't know. I, I guess I chose to just figure it out, but you, you do have to develop a bit of a thick skin. And, and I still think that my skin could be thicker, but I do personalize it. I'm not going to lie to you. What, what I would tell myself is, uh, is, Look, literally, I would talk to myself and, and, and having a good partner helps, even if it's your mate or a best friend or someone um, to talk to, to to have a community of some sort where you can work this through or, or, you know, people in your life, or even if it's just a networking group where you can go, God, this is hard. And I use every resource given to me. I never say no. I just try everything. But you know, I would literally sit in my car and go, okay, do you want to do this for yourself or do you want to do it for someone else? And if you do it for someone else, you're going to be exactly where you are in two years from now. So do you want to do this now or do you want to wait another two years? So I'd sort of have those, those talks with myself. And then at other times I'd go, you know what, let's just go get you a Frappuccino and take a little break. (laughs) You know, sometimes it was tough love. Sometimes it was a little nurturing, but, you know, reminding myself that the goal was to have, you know, what I wanted in life, a better life. And I knew that it cannot happen by sitting on my duff uh, and, and it's not going to happen by letting someone else dictate yeah. the outcomes. Uh, so, you know, and, and even, you know, I will tell you even today, I was like, Oh, I've got to make some calls today because I've got to reach out to some doctors that I've sent letters to. And I made a cold call this morning to someone and it's, it, you know, it's simple, but it's not easy. Can I say that you just gave me a flashback to when, um, when I was in college, I did door to door marketing for a, so I was working with this internship kind of company where we had to sell house painting. So painting exterior of a house, but we did door to door. And when you said like, maybe I could just go get like a mochaccino or go get a frappuccino. Like that is so funny. Cause that's exactly like what would go through my mind as I'm like about to do more door to door marketing. <laughs> like maybe I can go like go to the movie theater right across the street and go watch a movie instead. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you know, it, one of the things it sounds like Missy is that there's also one other ingredient where it sounds like you're not beating yourself up for not performing the days, you know, but they say one of the things about being successful is not to compare yourself to others, but compare yourself to how you were the day before. And, you know, if you have an off day, like we all do, some days you just don't, you can't move, you hit a wall. Uh, It sounds like you, rather than, than do what a lot of people do, which is beat themselves up. You just like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to treat myself a little bit. 
And uh, I think that's a that's a key ingredient to uh, any success is is that particular that particular kind of thinking. And so it sounds like you've got the right uh, attitude about it, and also the desire to learn and fail. So what you you said you had some. Uh, real like, oh, that didn't work. What were those mm-hmm. moments like? Like if you were to tell some of our listeners, don't do this. Uh, I know, I know that like, don't, don't take Andres's Facebook class. Cause, you know, uh, Cause ultimately he'll tell you to delete your account. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get the hell off of Facebook. So what, what, uh, what, tell, tell us a, a little bit about like those, uh, roadblocks and what you overcame, mm, uh, yeah. and also the landscape and everything. Okay. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to hearken a little bit back to the past. Um, what I, I did learn is that you have to do whatever you have to do to survive while you're building your business. So, you know, I taught spin classes, I waitressed while I was trying to build all this. So it wasn't, it's, it's never an overnight thing. You know, we all hear that, but it's, it's, it's truly it's one step at a time, one moment at a time. And, and that's how I would talk to myself. Okay, miss just one more. And I'd literally do that miss one more. All you got to do is one more and you're done. But, um, the thing I think that's been the most helpful to me is, is, is trusting myself about if I want to work with someone, because there's always the people that look like they're going to be, you know, the, the shiny penny, you know, or the, you know, they're, this is the one, this is the one that's, this is going to be it. You know, this is the people, these are the people that are going to buy my screenplay, right? Like it, it's that mentality. This doctor's going to be the one that's going to catapult me. And what I learned over time is it's all an equal. It's like you shine on one, you know, you have a piece of, I don't know if this can make sense, but like, say you have a, a, silver platter, you shine that silver platter, but you don't ever see, you don't even see the result at that. You see it somewhere else. So you keep working over here, but sometimes the results pop out of nowhere. So I never, I I try everything, but, but I learned that there's no one answer and there's no one person that's going to fix and make my business happen. That one person is like the person I'm looking at. It's myself and it's small incremental steps it's not some big, you know, aha moment like they'd like to tell you it is. It's always small, painful, little, easy steps. And so I've learned to trust my gut a lot more. Uh, when when someone gives me the vibe, you know, now I used to question it and go, but I, but I can't. I have to work with this person because. Oh, yeah, I've been there. And that is the big, big killer, you know, and yeah. because they'll always take you down. It, it just, it never fails. To oh my goodness. Anytime I don't listen to my instincts, I suffer for it. Like anytime I'm like, oh, this will be an easy 800 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not. In fact, the people that you charge the least amount of money for are the biggest pains always, in the ass. <laughs> always it's true and i think i you know i bugged justin because i had no bucks i used to call him a lot and he was finally like misty and i you know what i i learned from those experiences and it's it's really true i i have a client he this just happened the other day it's kind of tangential but it, it will lead back to he comes in and he says i know you're you're doing your services for x mount and i said no he said i came in a year ago you told me it was this much and i go no i've never offered my services for that price okay well will you offer me no Oh, will you give me product for wholesale? Will you take tax off? And he badgered me so much that I gave in, you know, I said, okay, okay. And I, and I realized afterwards I had just been taken advantage of and I, and I don't like that feeling and it's going to make me resentful. So I, I had to let, and then he started calling me Saturday nights at eight o'clock and asking, Oh, no way. And I, I put, I just like, this was one of the, you know, usually I'll give it a little time. And I said, you know what? It sounds like you have many concerns. I'm happy to refund your money. And I just did it swiftly. And, you know, you got, it's like, I listen to Barbara Corcoran's uh, podcast a lot too. And she said, once you catch that, cut it off, let it go right then. Don't waste any more time. So that's make a decision and make it quickly. So whether it's a doctor or a client or for me, website development, I've been through a couple of people that promised everything. My gut said, don't work with them. They're not explaining things clearly and they're not offering you any kind of proposal. They refuse to write a proposal should have been the end, but because they work with doctors and they had a great reputation, I did it and lost, you know, I've lost about $10,000 in the process. 
But the good thing on that is I've really learned WordPress. <laughs> and so I know a lot about WordPress and the yeah. Divi theme. You know, the other things that I've learned is, um, you know, I, I was, I did really well for about a year on Facebook. I was running some Facebook ads, introductory ads for my, my services and got wonderful response. Um, we were doing lead gen ads, um, but Facebook has changed the algorithm a lot over the last year. And what I used to use, which were before and after photos, they no longer allow to be used. So then I had to kind of resort to stock photos, which in my industry, especially hair, people are really cynical. So they don't respond to that. So Facebook to me is a big question mark. I'm sort of, I put my, uh, I put all my ads on hold. I'm kind of doing the same thing right now. I'm, I'm looking at Instagram. I've been doing a lot of work with Instagram. I have a social media person that handles that account, but those have changed too. So, you know, I went back, I did some TV ads, my local spectrum, <laughs> I did some TV ads, but the cost per acquisition was pretty high on that too. So I will, you know, be really transparent with you. I'm, I'm not sure where my marketing dollars, I'm looking back at email and I'm going back to email again and building that, you know, automated mm -hmm. campaigns, but, uh, it's, it's a shifting landscape yeah. specifically yeah. with who I, I work with, which are doctors and they're not known to be particularly digitally savvy or interested. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to say a few things because you you said a lot here. Um, uh, so I want to, I want to rewind for a second and just talk about, how you had talk, talked about how clients can be like the ones that pay you the least can be the most problematic. Uh, I just wanted to share two quick tidbits that I think are kind of important for our listeners to kind of hear. One, uh, I used to work in the seminar industry for a coach that would sell hundred thousand dollar packages from the stage. And his easiest clients were the ones that paid him a hundred thousand dollars. His most difficult clients were the ones that would buy like a ticket to his live event for a thousand dollars. And it's mm. it, those, I mean, these are like inflated numbers for most people in terms of what the cost per product are going to be. But the, the point is that the more somebody's willing to invest in themselves, the more um, typically the more further along their journey there are, the more work they've done on themselves, um, the more the more the relationship is going to be a positive experience. And so, I, yeah, I have experienced that. And then even on I do work on Fiverr Pro. So I've gotten to the point where I turn people down every day, practically, because I get people wanting discounts. I get people wanting to barter or trade. And it's just not it's ultimately not worth it, because when you get into those kind of when you when you give somebody a special deal that someone else is not getting it, it ultimately it undercuts your value. It hurts. I think ultimately it subconsciously hurts your self-esteem and it creates more problems than it solves. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if you yeah, if, so if you're if you're questioning how much to charge just out there. If you're like a, you know, somebody who's like starting their business and you're trying to figure out what do I charge for the, my services? Uh, I would say charge more than you're charging. And, and when you put the proposal in add 10% to yourself, give yourself a small raise. And then Misty, to your point on Facebook, well, Facebook, the competition has dramatically increased on Facebook, number one. So beyond just the mm -hmm. algorithm changes, it's it's more expensive to reach people than it than it has been even a year over year. The the last five years have been it's mm -hmm. been like I think it's almost ten x uh, as many advertisers are on Facebook as they were five years ago. So that's that's continuing to mm -hmm. change. Plus the new rules like you can't use before and after, and, and Instagram is owned by Facebook, so you're under the same exact rules when you're advertising on Facebook. You're just reaching a different network. Uh, one of the networks that mm -hmm. you might want to explore is LinkedIn. Because we just did an interview mm -hmm. that we'll release today um, with a young gentleman, who uh, Jordan Paris, who he does a very good job of organic LinkedIn marketing. And if you're going the B2B route, like as far as social networks go, that's mm -hmm. the network where you're going to get the most reach for the lowest investment <laughs> right now. And that could change. That could change by the time it's that's airs for all I know. But right now, that's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's really, that's a really yeah. good point. I, I actually am doing a campaign right now. I've been, I've increased my uh, connections to about, I think I'm about like almost 3000 now. And I've targeted them to certain types of doctors and certain med spas. And now I'm, I'm working on a, uh, I'm working with someone to develop a, you know, an easy pitch, you know, where I can suss them out a little bit. And, and it just goes simply, um, you know, I noticed that you're doing hair treatments or I noticed that you're not. And, and I'd like to share with you a patent pending treatment. 
are you open to having a conversation? So it's not the full pitch because I hate it yeah. when I get those full pitches on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm using that to sort of suss people out. Uh, I will be honest with you. It's I think it's it is a numbers game. I get people saying no, thank you. So at least they're polite. But I, I mean, I think working the LinkedIn angle is where I am right now. I neglected to mention that, but, but figuring out how to actually get these people, you know, it, and, and really get a response and get a qualified buyer and get them on the phone and then get them in my pipeline is, is sort of the next step. And I'm feeling that out right now. So, um, I, any tips I'd love to hear, but I, you know, I want to, I want to, <laughs> well, I mean, but, but it is a really interesting time. I mean, first of all, I would discourage anybody from giving money to that evil organization known as Facebook. I mean, honest to God. Yeah. I disagree. I disagree. Uh, I, I, it's just on moral grounds. I, you know, but uh, uh, I, I, you know, it, it is, it is kind of difficult because this is the quandary that a lot of people uh, face. And in some ways you still have to do the, uh, you know, pick up the phone and call because a lot of these guys, these doctors, they get, you know, 20 calls a day. So uh, the market is kind of saturated. So uh, have you, and this is something that, that you and I've talked about before, um, you know, you, you, have you thought about using your other talents, like your ability to be on, on screen and make media? Have you thought about really kind of combining sort of like a, a, a video blog and mm-hmm. what you're doing into sort of one thing? Yeah, I do. I do a lot of videos now. So the content on my website uh, is I've got a lot of videos. So I do a weekly um, on Instagram. I do like a weekly question and answer and I'm creating a lot more content. So I have a lot more organic content than I've ever had. And, and that's another thing I I definitely would uh, recommend to people if they don't have a, if they don't have a big budget, obviously most people, you know, small business owners don't. And, and, you know, it's one of those things. It's just over time, one minute videos. Oh, and, and Andros, you told me that three years ago. And I it took me about a year and a half to figure it out. But for the last year, year and a half, I've just been posting short videos on YouTube. I've been using YouTube, um, which I did do some info- advertising on YouTube and sort of found the same. It's 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 pretty convoluted and, and flooded. But uh I uh, will do videos, uh, vlogs, and using Instagram a lot for that one. But I definitely am using the medium to kind of get the message out and establish myself as an expert in my field. And 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 I now at this point I will get people contacting me from I've gotten people from from London, from Australia, from France, Germany, Switzerland, asking me questions about hair. So it's a slow and steady. Uh, you know, rise, but you, you just keep doing it. So I've really managed to create an opportunity to, to make myself a, a, an expert in hair. And I recently had now moving into trainings and I recently trained one of the top doctors, plastic surgeons in, uh, Beverly Hills on my, you know, on my protocol. So that's the direction I'm headed. And, uh, once I can get in front of them and get an audience, it usually goes well. It's just getting in front of them, you know, but that's the work, right? And I, I would suggest that you leverage some of this, um, the content creation toward the B2B aspect and start posting videos on LinkedIn even. Um, mm-hmm. cause it, I mean, I think okay. that what you're posting on Instagram is probably more, probably more consumer based. I, I haven't seen all the, the content you've created, but if, uh, if you have content that can tie to, to business owners and doctors and, um, and uh, clinics, then that would be great to, to share on LinkedIn because yeah, the organic content on LinkedIn is really where, when I'm talking about the opportunity, I'm talking about content marketing, getting organic reach, which doesn't exist on Facebook anymore. Um, but that does exist on LinkedIn. Now, if I could, if I could just suggest something, because I actually just did this very thing and it worked really well. Um, what I did was I wrote a press release for uh, the company I'm working for about, it, it was really just kind of, it was a no big deal. They opened up uh, another part of the factory, but I wrote a press release around that. And then I took the press release and I paid a guy on Fiverr to distribute it. There's people you can find that will distribute your press release and they're signed up to various uh, different like news wires and that they can submit things. Uh, and lo and behold, my press release ended up on some industry based website. So I took the link and then I went to my, uh, business LinkedIn page and I shared that link and I said, Hey everybody, look, we're in the news. 
right? And that actually got a lot of responses. Now, in the meantime, what I've been doing is uh, my uh, uh, one of my colleagues who's head of the department, I hijacked her LinkedIn profile and I've been using a little tool called uh, Duck Soup, which we've talked about on the show, mm-hmm. to automatically connect to different decision makers in her industry. So she went from having 400 uh, connections to now she's over like 2,100. And they're all people who are the exact decision makers within that sort of industry. So whenever I share content, they're going to, the likelihood of them seeing it, you know, is good. So one of the things that I would recommend is maybe you can uh, even not do the soft pitch, but just simply use a tool like Duck Soup that automates connections. And you say, hey, uh, we have, because I always do second connections first. Looks like mm-hmm. we have a couple of connections in common. It'd be nice to add you to my network. And then right. it's more a matter of organic because then you're adding these people. And when you share your content, they're more likely to see it. Mm-hmm. Great. Hey, well, thanks for the tips, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's like That's it. free That's tips for everybody. Yeah. I love can it. I, can I say it's something, great. Misty? Because uh, yes. one of the things that I really mm-hmm. like that you said way earlier on in this interview was you talked about um, your cost per acquisition and uh-huh. how you were willing to take on free clients in the beginning and how you were willing to almost like take on like break even or even at a small loss to acquire new clients. Because yes. I think that's one of the the lessons that I've kind of learned in business. And I think um, that is one of the most difficult lessons for people to learn is that it is okay to, to run advertisements and be at break even or even slightly below break even. If you know your numbers, if you know your backend, if you understand lifetime value of a customer, um, mm-hmm. because for, for something like what you're offering, I mean, I imagine that the even with hair growth treatment that works, it's still going to be a lengthy process. There's still going to be several yes. opportunities to work with that client. Um, and over the over the long haul, even if you take a loss in the beginning, you have an opportunity to recover that money and then some. And then everything after that point is pure profit. Uh, one yes. of the one of the tenants that is uh, preached over at Digital Marketer, which is a company, which is the name of a company that runs uh, big events, is that he or she who is willing to pay the most to acquire a customer will always win. And hmm. I think that when you think about that and you break that down, I think it's it's a pretty powerful statement because once you acquire these people and you're able to keep them and you take care of them and keep them long term, uh, ultimately that starts paying huge dividends later on. It just takes time to build mm-hmm. that up. Yeah, it's like every relationship. It's you know you you invest in it, and 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 sometimes it's more on the you know upfront. I mean, I, when I think about the the cost per acquisition for television, it was incredibly high. Mm-hmm. But then I think about it in terms of brand awareness. Now I do have people saying to me, "I saw your TV <laughs> ad." I was literally in a Mexican restaurant with some friends one night, and we went. They go, "Misty, there you are!" And it was. I oh mean, my it's God, one of those funny. things. If that's your, you know, you have to know your goals. Like you mm-hmm. said, you have to know your numbers. Is it, is it, is it brand awareness? Is it just building the brand? And for me, you know, I looked at the numbers and, and, and that's a, it's a painful thing for me to do to, to look at the numbers sometimes because I realize, wow, I've overpaid, but how else, how else do that's the way we learn. Right. And then we, we get tighter with our numbers and we can figure it out. But if we refuse to, to look at the numbers and, yeah. you know, just throw money at it. I mean, the biggest, one of the bigger lessons for me is that while I don't, I don't want to be an expert at all the things I have to do, but as a one person show, you kind of, you have to learn WordPress. You have to understand Facebook. Absolutely. And that's good. You know, I have to know QuickBooks because I've got to know when someone's, you know, not doing it properly and I'm paying them for it. So if you choose to be, oh, go ahead. I was just saying the way, the way I look at it is you have to know enough. Um, it, cause if you're it, to be able to like hire somebody to do it for you, but know mm-hmm. how to coach them and train them. Cause if you don't know how to do exactly. that, then you're at their mercy for whatever they want to charge you, whatever they're, they're doing. So there has to be, there has to be that level of awareness. Now I also want to harness back to something you said earlier too, about how sometimes when you put things out there and you plant seeds, um, they show up and different places than you were expecting, like kind of the benefits like show up later on in like totally different areas. And when you talk about television advertising, I kind of see that that happening for you because there are intangibles to it. Like, yeah, the tangible is the cost per acquisition, like with the actual people that came to your business directly from the television commercial. But the intangibles are the brand awareness, the celebrity building, the um, the prestige that it gives you for being on TV. 
And over time, that stuff can also pay dividends later on, just in, in who knows where it shows up. But maybe five years later, someone's like, hey, I saw you on TV. By the way, I'm ready to get hair treatment. Now. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> and, and, and you know, you even experimented uh, with a couple of things. You, you and I tried even to advertise hair loss treatment on Grindr. And yes. you said, you said, I will take that challenge. How did, was that good advice or bad advice? Be honest. You know what? Listen, I don't, th- seriously, I don't think anything's bad, bad advice. Honestly, I really don't ever look at things like that. I always in this, I know it's corny, but I always look at it as a, as a learning experience. Right. The only thing that I, um, I've hired a few people that was just dumb, but no, I don't think Grinder was bad. I'm going to tell you why, because, um, you know, Grinders is, uh, it's, for anybody who doesn't know, it's like Tinder for gay men, mostly gay women as well. But um, I, I got a lot of brand awareness around it. And I'll tell you, there are two guys that have moved to Atlanta and New York City, and they still follow me on Instagram, and they still comment all the time on my work. Now, will it lead to them coming in and getting a treatment? They came in and got a free consult. But they're like my little brand ambassadors because <laughs> every time I say something, they go, this is true. Misty's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not, you know, whether that translates to an actual client, it, it does in the long run show me that every, like I said, every seed. So I just try to try to keep investing where I can. And if it's a if it's something I can afford, I try it. And if you if you if you think back to when we interviewed uh, Pat Flynn on the show, and he his book is called Superfans, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you're creating you're creating these superfans in your business. You're actually creating um, you're actually creating people that want, are your your best uh, your biggest brand advocates. And you, yeah, you might have paid initially to acquire them, but once they're there, all of a sudden they are doing the work for you. They're uh, yes. they're the ones sharing all your posts. They're spreading the love, and I mean that's like. You can't even put a price on how valuable that can be, especially when you get some super fans that have a network, like a good, a good size network. Which goes on to something I did. I just realized when you said that, that made me one thing that I, I struggle with is the, the whole influencer and whether or not to pay someone. And I tried that as well. You know, I, I, I had a, we sent some letters out to a bunch of influencers. Now, one of those influencers I gave free treatments to, it ended up making me, getting me so many clients. Then I had another, I have another influencer whose name is, she has her own TV show now. Um, she's an incredible influencer. She ended up not getting the treatment, but she sent her agent manager and he has become one of my biggest fans. He's always talking about it, but here's the deal. It's hair loss. So he's not going to go on MTV and say, yeah, I get my hair <laughs> yeah, done with so Missy, true, right? right? <laughs> it's, it's a source. It's a, it's a little bit of it. There's still some shame attached to it. <clears throat> but he's one of those people. Every time he comes in, he's like, Misty, you got to try this. I'm going to say this about you here. So he's a sort of quiet super fan. But like I said, it doesn't. And, and I didn't have to pay her to do the treatments. He pays full price. It ended up. So it's been a great benefit. So like I said, it's just you, you kind of keep pushing, but I never, I honestly have not found the whole influencer, whether it's a micro or macro influencer to be a benefit to me as a small business owner. It could be that I'm in a service industry that it just doesn't really play to. And maybe if I had a different product line, it would, but I have not found that to be a way I'd want to spend my money at this point. That seems, sorry, I just want to say, it seems a little contradictory to what you just said prior to that, though, because you just described kind of using an influencer, leveraging them and them sending you a lot of clients. So can you just speak to that to oh, clarify like yeah. how you how you distinguish that as being different than influencer marketing? Yeah. Okay. So I think I... So I just, um, yeah, you're right. I did contradict myself. I do that all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I just want to, I just want well, to get clear. I, I'm just no, curious. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's because when I think, uh, so this is it. When I think of influencers, I think my brain goes to Instagram and, and yeah. like not social necessarily. Media. Social media influencers. Yeah, but, but when in this first, and what I was trying to, the first time that I did it, it worked really well. And that's been like two to three years ago. The last time that I tried to do it, which was about a year ago, it didn't work out with her. And, and she wanted a lot of money. The first gal I just gave free treatments to like the last gal wanted 25,000 to do a, a vlog and the free treat mm. and the free treatments. Now she's a well, she's a household name. So, and, but at the time when I reached out to her, she wasn't as big as she is now. And I said, look, I don't have this kind of money. I can't do it. 
but it turned out that her agent was losing his hair and he reached out to me. So it was sort of a byproduct. But in that instance, would I have ever paid that kind of money? I don't have it, first of all, but I never would have paid an influencer to use my services. It's, it's simply too long term. You know, this is six to eight months. Most influencers don't, won't give you five minutes. They can't, they can't focus on anything. <laughs> so and right. so, uh, so for me, I'm just saying it worked out in one instance, it's worked out kind of around, you know, like in a, around the, whatever, it didn't work out directly, but I don't, I don't see it for me as a paid to pay an influencer to be valuable, but that's just, so, so what are the next steps that you know you need to do? Like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're inching forward towards, you know, being really self-sustaining with this, but what, what are the next things that you know you need to do to make everything really happen? So I, I think taking, you know, taking more action in terms of honestly, the LinkedIn, I, you know, I, I have been working on that and my email campaigns and and I think, you know, just being a little more visible at trade shows that for me has, has been one that I have not, uh, when I, whenever I go to a trade show and I get the opportunity to speak, I, I get really great responses. So I think it's more of staying the path of what I've doing, you know, been doing, stay open, um, to new ideas, offering, you know, maybe, maybe some more, uh, percent, you know, giving discounts on some, some products, but really focusing my business on the B2B and getting directly in, in front of those, you know, the people that make the decisions because, you know, doctors and med clinics, they're, they're not really making decisions based upon what a, an influencer says, or, you know, they're, they simply make their decisions based on what is the profitability. So I think just tightening up my message to them and then, um, continuing to do what's in front of me. And I still, you know, like I said, I still have to make those cold calls. It's, it's never yeah. going to go away. That will never be. Yeah. It's just ground floor. I, I love what you just said there though, about, um, tailoring your message to your audience, because yes, like to, to one person, you know, it's about solving the problem of baldness to another person. It's about pure profitability. Yes. So, um, yeah, so you have to know who you're speaking to and, and speak to their wants and desires. So that's, uh, that's another awesome insight to share right there. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, that's been, the, that is the challenge, you know, when you're moving from B to C, you know, which, which is you're selling your features and your benefits to the, the client, you know, you're going to become sexy. You're not going to die. You're going to be beautiful. You're going to get women, right? I mean, or men, you know, those are the benefits that, that a consumer wants. Well, the benefit that a doctor wants is you're not going to have to pay for labs. You can have your esthetician do this totally different messages and straddling that line and trying to keep, you know, I still have to sell my services and, you know, feed the, you know, feed the machine, if you will, but then staying on track also with the doctors and that message is totally different brain. You know what I mean? Like brain, engagement has to change and keeping those messages clear is, is a task, but you know, I just have to break my day down into, okay, right now I'm working on consumer and now I'm moving into business. Yeah. That's it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's all part of the flow, but you know, if, if there's anything I know about you, it's that you are a person who just does not give up. And that is, that is the thing that is going to make you successful. I mean, it's, it's challenging because you have a product that, that you're right. People aren't going to stand on the rooftops and go, Hey, <laughs> guess what, everybody. Uh, so, That's so I said, I know a guy, in. I know a guy. I just <laughs> exactly. don't want to tell you who it is. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you can send that guy in to me and I'll give him a free consultation. All right, if you right. want I'll, your mouse. I'll, I'll, <laughs> tell, I'll tell you who it is after the show. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Anyway, so, so, but listen, I, I, uh, if you could go back to your younger self, so we're, we got to wrap it up, but okay. if you can go back to, to when this all started, what advice would you give yourself before you started this journey? Ooh, I didn't, I didn't expect such deep probing question. Uh, <laughs> and so, you listen to the show. No, I know. On, no, man. I mean, I did, but I didn't know on, uh, I, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I do know that you would ask that, but so I think what I would, tell myself is just to, to be reminded that nothing, it's not linear. You know, there's no there, there it's, it's not, there's no one moment and all of these things sort of build upon each other. Um, so that's a lot of messages I just told my little young self to have to take in, but, uh, it's really just, just, you know, um, it's, it is the journey. And as long as I stay, you know, intellectually curious and, 
it's really about being excited. Honestly, it's about excited about life. I just am always constantly asking questions. And I think probably to tell myself that's okay to be that way, because I think our culture and certainly corporate America, which I struggle with always, um, was that the status quo was not to ask more questions. I mean, now maybe it's different if you work for a Facebook or a Google, although I would, I would question that myself. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that in, in corporate America, this is how we do things. This is what we want to be done. And, and when you, you kind of like to shake the trees up and ask questions, well, why does this work? And why can't we try this? You get castigated. I mean, you're like, you're not long for that world, especially on the biz dev side of things, which I was. Yeah. Um, so I think just knowing that that's how, it, that's how cr creators create. That's what it's about. It might be okay to ask, uh, you know, Google and Facebook questions, as long as you're not asking about their data practices, then that's <laughs> off limits. Now, uh, speaking, so we talked about your past self. I want to talk about your future self because uh, I think, you know, it, when you do hit it big here in the next six months to a year, we want yeah. to bring you back on the show to to update our listeners on on the progress that's been made. And I want you to way over credit this interview as the reason for your success. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when I walk into meetings, I often say that. This is Justin and Andros. They, they've made me who I am. And they'll be like, well, who are you again? <laughs> Super fan. Super yeah, fan. That's right. <laughs> Misty, what are you uh, geeky about right now? What's what's the thing you're most geeky about? Uh, what am I geeky about? Wow. Um, okay. I'm geeky about uh, story structure. I'm working on a, an, I've got another uh, screenplay. I wrote, I wrote the screenplay like 15 years ago and now someone's interested in it again. You know, this whole uh, down this rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. But now, so now I'm going back into some old scripts I had and looking at story structure and the breakdown of the beats and everything. And now I'm starting to watch TV, but I am watching the loudest voice right now. And, and have you guys seen it? No, no. no what is it's, it? It's, I don't know it's what a it Netflix show. It's about Roger Ailes. Oh, developing the I've heard about this. You guys, it's so good. I'm into that. Is it Netflix and, or HBO? Oh, uh, I thought it was Netflix, but I think, I think it's like HBO. Or oh, something. okay. I don't know. It's, you can find it's it. It's on Popcorn Kind and BitTorrent. You know <laughs> what? Right. Yeah, I used to have Popcorn. No, popcorn. It's gone. That's gone. Popcorn in a movie or Popcorn and Soda or Coke or whatever that was. It's gone. Anyway, that's... No, popcorn Time? Yeah. Oh, Popcorn Time. Popcorn Time. Okay. Yeah. I got to get popcorn that. PopcornTime.io. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not super... Uh, I'm not super geeking out on anything. I think, you know, dealing with WordPress and email automation is like, is you know, I don't need any more of this stuff, so... <laughs> Justin, what are you geeky about right now? Ah, uh, man, nothing, uh, nothing too new this week. I'm, I'm still stuck on the. I haven't really evolved since uh, since Dark on Netflix, which absolutely love that show, best show I've seen in years. Uh, time travel, and then uh, of course Under the Silver Lake, which I've shouted out like six times now. Which I am the only one so far that's liked this movie. So uh, one day somebody's going to reach out to me and tell me they also like this movie. But but right now, someday you'll say something. Yeah, <laughs> someday you'll say something else besides that movie. Uh, I just uh, finished with Lovely Iris, the uh, Handmaid's uh, Tale mm. season two, which is uh, so good. It is such a good show. Uh, season three just came out, so I'm going to dig into that uh, a little bit. And uh, I, uh, I, what else? Oh, uh, I just found out that Disney Plus is looking at doing a Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh yeah, TV series with Ewan McGregor. That would be interesting. Mm. That's 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 a win. Depending, I don't know. I mean, you know, Star Wars is now like like a pop balloon. It was like really beautiful once, and now it's just mm. a big piece of dead rubber <laughs> lying on on the side of a parking lot. Just to, with you know, such a powerful metaphor. You like that? <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, Missy, we're definitely going to have you back, especially because you are one of our seven listeners. And you do <laughs> donate to the show. And, uh, nice. And actually, I, I have I, to no, buy I, my I, love. <laughs> in, in actuality, you know what? It was you, it's it's been you like shouting us out like every once in a while. You reach out, you're like, hey, that show was really great. Yeah. And it, and I, I just want to acknowledge that and thank you because it's actually some of your messages that made me go. Ah, maybe uh, this show might work. So yeah, you guys uh, I stuff. just want to, I, 
Thank you. Well, I, I, well, cause we have you on. <laughs> no, it's a great, uh, it's no. a great show. I love your guests and you know what? I always walk away with something new. So, and, and then I write notes and then I go, what the hell did I just write? I, I have no idea what I just told yeah, myself I have I, to do. I, <laughs> but, I, I do that every day. <laughs> no, but it's really and practical. That, Good. Thank you. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, another fine episode of the marketing geeks and uh yeah we are we are launching season two as of now yeah. when you hear this and i'll, I'll be sending so i'll be Woo-hoo. sending that friend referral to you misty don't worry <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> yeah i'll tell you who it is <laughs> I, I know I, I think you do so uh yes well uh yeah and so this is just another lesson in like keep pushing people you know it's like uh there is nothing you cannot achieve in in this world and sometimes you got to work harder than other people but you know what at the end of the day uh you can if you can learn and you can think outside the box uh then you got it truth bombs truth bombs by andros (laughs) again again so uh yeah and then uh so don't forget to tell 500 of your closest friends about us and, uh, you know, at least leave us a rating. If you like the show, reach out to us on LinkedIn. We would love to hear from you. Go to anchor.fm forward slash marketing dash geeks and leave us a voice message because you can do that now. So go leave us a voice message if it's good enough. Actually, we'll just play it on the show no matter what. It doesn't matter what it says. But most of all, stay classy. <laughs>